Hi everyone, it's Nathan and the podcast is coming right up. I just wanted to take a minute before we start to say a few words. I love this job and I've always wanted to be a sports journalist ever since I think I was seven years old. It's been an honour and a privilege and it continues to do so. And the most enjoyment I get from this job is engagement with colleagues, with supporters, fans up and down the country. It's been a rough 10 to 12 weeks here and it has been for everybody. Sport is sometimes referred to as life or death and looking on over the past week with sadness and disappointment with some of the scenes we've seen in the world just makes just makes you think how insignificant my job is sometimes. The very fact that George Floyd's death can be allowed to happen in today's society is disgusting and shameful. He's not the first and sadly it won't be the last and it makes me so sad that racism is still rife not just in America, in the world, in the UK, in a city, in a town, in a neighbourhood, on your street. If these three months have taught us anything, it's to be kind. All lives matter, of course they do. But for all lives to matter, black lives need to matter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 161. That's 161. It is the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm here with Mr. Joe Edwards from his home. Um, Joe, fixtures out, friendlies in the offing, uh, five subs apparently now, nine on the bench. It's all coming together. The sun's out. Are the slim fast guns out? How's it going, Eduardo? <laughs> Hello. Um... The sun ain't out. I don't know where, where you are. Where, where are you? I know, in, in Dor- is the sun out in Dorridge? Uh, well, I mean, no, it's a little bit overcast to be fair, but it didn't go. <laughs> sun's out, slim fast, guns out. Didn't go well with slightly cloudy overhead. Uh, mm. How are you doing? How are you doing with your weight watching? You know what I mean. So, well, I, I, you know, you know, we're a journalist, mate. Just don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> it's been hot. It's been hot before. It was hot at the weekend. It's been hot for two weeks. And as soon as we, as soon as we have lockdowns over, or not over, but uh, we can have six, five or six friends round, and it's it's shit outside. It's crap. It's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so for this, for the, for this, for this chat and for my banter part, it's beautiful. It's glorious. How's everything going? Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we're beautiful weather. Just just gonna go and have a. A sunbathe in a bit. Um, Lovely. There you go. There you go. Um, now the well, the sun's gone, yeah. and the um, the slim fast has kind of gone out the window as well in oh, spectacular no. fashion. Oh, no. um, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, oh. I don't know if you noticed, but McDonald's reopened this week. Oh, here we, um, here we get close to you as well. Close to me, but uh, it, this was a bit of a dilemma. You see, go on. Um, Chicken sandwich or Big Mac? No, no. I didn't actually get to have the McDonald's oh. um, because basically everybody 
is at fever pitch because McDonald's is open again. Everybody's yeah. so excited. Yeah. And the queues for the drive-thru are absolutely enormous. Are they? Like yeah. more than 15-minute wait? Yeah. Uh, I'd probably say the one by me on the Stafford Road was... It was coming up all the way up to the other island before it. Um, so I'd say that was probably about a good at least half an hour. Bloody hell, it's like trying to get into Molly on a match day. If, you, if, you, yeah, if yeah. you're two o'clock for a three o'clock kickoff, you've got no chance, have you? Um, so that was half hour. Then we thought, oh, okay, let's try our luck and try the Bushbury Bush one. Yeah. Just for, oh, that's a bit more under the radar. Oh, like that, like that. Um, like, like you're thinking, you two. Tried that, and that was even worse. That oh, was no, that was probably upwards of an hour. I reckon that one. Um, <laughs> it was just like like a row of cars almost parked on the side of the road. So you for, gave up then in the end, did you? For a good half a mile. Uh, yeah, we gave up and had a KFC instead. Oh, yeah, I'd take <laughs> KFC all day long over that, mate. Um, yeah. What... what um, what what should, what would you what would have been your go to if you were going to get there? You know, you've you've waited in line for twenty five minutes, half an hour. Um, you know, you you're even more hungry than you started. You're mm. a little bit ratty. You, you you you've had a couple of little little mini arguments in the car. You get to the speaker. What are you ordering? Uh, are you making the most of it? You're like, right? Not only am I ordering now, and I, I suspect this is what people are doing as well at home. They're like, right? I'm damned if I've been in this queue for forty minutes. I'm ordering lunch. And I'm I'm also ordering dinner, and I'll and I'll warm it up later on. Yeah, that uh, McDonald's is a funny one for me because I don't have a, a set oh. choice. Okay. KFC, book it for one all day long, and that, mm. that's why I had the. I remember, overnight. I remember, Lee, where, where do we go? It was on the way back from Norwich, wasn't it? Book it for one yes, for you and, a, yeah. and a side salad for me. Oh, that, that you treated me to. That was lovely, yeah, that was. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so, yeah, book it for one. McDonald's, it just changes like the wind, really. Um, it could be a chicken legendary barbecue sauce. It could be a quarter pound of cheese. It mm. could be a five chicken selects with a variety of sauces. It yeah, just yeah. just depends what I'm thinking that day. But book it for one. KFC never ever change. Um, yeah, I do. Like I can't remember the last time I had a. I think it was probably actual. Bur- I mean, I've had um, I've had coffees from there, obviously, but I think it's getting on to 15 years now since I've had a proper Mac- a proper McDonald's. You know, like a fries and a burger and stuff like mm. that. But I do you know. Like I say, as, as people know from this, from listing the last 160 episodes, I did I did like a good McDonald's. It was a, it was a Big Mac. Yeah. It was four single cheeseburgers. It was a supersized fries. It was 12 nuggets or a box of 20. But I'll share that with someone else because I'm generous. Uh, and you super, weren't sharing. Come on. And a supersized diet coke. <laughs> I used to miss double geography and eat it in the eat it in the local cricket club car park when no one was there. Shame, shame, shame. So you got your fill back in the day, then? Oh, mate, I, I, and and then some. To be fair, and then some. Uh, but you know me now, mate. Now, now you you'll be might be on the hunt for another Mackey's tonight, and I'm um, I'm going to back to Warsaw. Is it, is it Arboretum? You're moving the Arboretum last... at the moment. Oh, mate, yeah. mate, unbelievable little parkrun situation. Flat as you like it. Well, I said we're doing this tournament. It's the last week of the tournament now, so I need to. I've done seven runs. Sorry, six runs there. This is the seventh and final run. Done six runs. I've improved my time every time. So I'm six PB. So I just need to beat my time by a few seconds of last week for my 5K, which was 22 minutes 29 seconds. So if I can do it under that, then I'll be happy. I think last week as well it was boiling, and there were a lot of people in the park. I can't see many people being there this afternoon. So hopefully that might that might gain me a couple of seconds. Nice. Talking, no. talking about McDonald's, mate. Sky documentaries. Watching a 
a fantastic documentary at the moment on Sky. Mark Wahlberg's the producer of it actually, called McMillions. And it's about right. the it's about the um, monopoly. You know the monopoly game, don't they, McDonald's? Yes, they're in the monopoly game sometimes. I mean, I don't know whether they've done it for a few years now, but back in the day, it used to be uh, the highlight of me going to see if I can match Old Kent Road with uh, Whitechapel and get a you know a, a medium fries or a or a cheeseburger or something like that. But obviously, these 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 prizes not to not to um, spoil the the enjoyment for viewers were it was basically it was basically fraud being committed by these people who were. Producing the one million pound prizes and then and then keeping the prizes for themselves and giving it all, all all to their families and stuff and it became like an inside job. So there's this six part documentary about this huge fraud called McMillions, which was based around the Monopoly game. I definitely that, after the Last Dance and I like to recommend a few shows. That's that's one that I would recommend on Sky. Uh, McMillions, it's called. I think you'd enjoy it, Joe. Oh, nice. Uh, and you'll be proud of me, actually. I oh, actually oh. I actually started The Last Dance. Oh, yesterday. mate, there you go, mate. Do you know what? I doubted you. I've slagged you off all week <laughs> to anyone who will listen. And I, I take it all back to anyone I've spoken to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I started it. Um, it just kind of, yeah, getting the feel for what it's all about. I mean, mm. as you know, and as I guess the party listeners will... Well, have guessed. I'm not a massive basketball fan. No, um, I don't really know a lot about the sport. That's okay. I, but I didn't know. Um, I didn't know Dennis Rodman was like one of the stars of the side. Like, oh man, back I in kn- the day, oh. I, kn- I knew Dennis Rodman was a sporting star of some sort. The, yes. the, main, the main reason I knew him is because he. Ended up joining the NWO in a in WCW. <laughs> well, well, you get to you get to you get to see some of that in the um, in, in the show. Oh well. dear, yeah, oh, you love, do, yeah. oh lovely. Uh, yeah, spoiler, yeah. sorry, but, so, yeah, you know. but I didn't I didn't have a clue that I thought yeah he might have been all right at whatever he was. Oh, I mate, one I, of the major stars in, in in that team for sure. Back in I, the day, I just yeah. thought he was a bit of a joker, but a fair yeah. play. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously cray cray, but um, <laughs> you know, and but sometimes you need you need some people. In that team, you can't have you know the same kind of personalities. That's why that team did so well. Is that so many different personalities in the team? They all kind of clicked, kind of gelled, and uh, obviously Jordan's just unbelievable in it. So, so, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm proud of you, mate. I'm proud that you, you've gone into it, and um, like I say, you're enjoying it. So that's the main thing. Yeah, I like it. I like, um, I like, I like Michael. He, he just, I don't know if this is if this is right. He just. I don't know. He looks emotional a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's like on the verge sometimes, but well, yeah. it didn't help. He had like an eye infection thing to do it as well, which wasn't great. So, so well, what, what, while it was being filmed, yeah, I think so. Well, Parts of it. Yeah, cause I just I don't know. There was there was a bit where his mom reads a letter at the start, which understandably is getting quite. Emotional yeah. with that, but then there was other parts. I thought, is he going to start crying here? I think yeah, um, you're on that. You're you're right on that on that um, on that verge, aren't you? Between like determination, how much it meant to him, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It does add put, to it, though. It, pardon? It adds to the whole kind oh, of thing. Yeah. Really. Oh, it's it's fantastic. And actually, I mean, for, for me, like I say, it's one of the best documentaries I've watched. But just been announced today, coming out in November. And this will be good. This will be good. It's almost like the the next last la, last dance. Um, I've watched the Armstrong documentary as well. It's Lance Armstrong. It's fine, but it's nothing. It's nothing in, 
in the league of last dance. I watched the second half, the second part of it last night. Um, there's better Lance Armstrong documentaries for the, for your cyclist people. I'm not a cyclist by by any means, but I enjoy watching sporting greatness. But it's not because it was a cheat. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's uh, there's be- there's better ones out there. Put it that way. So um, so. But but yes. Anyway, coming back to November and coming back to what's coming out in November. Tiger Woods documentary going out. Oh, Six hours of it. The whole shebang. I don't know. Oh, the dogs just come back in the walk. Hello. Hello, you two. Hello, you two. He's had a nice walk. Hello. 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 That's a good boy and a good girl. Anyway, back into um back into podcast notes. Sorry. Uh, so um so yeah, Tiger Woods also is gonna have all, you know, it's gonna be hearing from from um, is is Mrs. or his ex Mrs. Erin is going to be hearing from all the family, all all the hookers, all the kind of like oh, um, the barmaids, all the Vegas trips, the, his greatness back in the day, what he's like now, coming back to win that major, um, oh everything. But the only thing that is not going to make it the same, and I don't think they've got Woods on it. I think it's everyone apart from Woods on it. And to be honest, mm. your Tiger Woods, like if you're Michael Jordan, you're talking about basically being great. And there's there's pitfalls and there's good decisions and bad decisions, but he's still great. You're not going to get Tiger Woods talking about you know been at been at a bar at three a.m. and all of a sudden this t- <laughs> the t- two blondes would take him upstairs. You know what I mean? So that's not going to happen from that from from a from a from a, from a Tiger Woods point of view. So. Uh, yeah, but that that's apparently what's going to go down next. I think that I don't know. It may be a bit one-sided. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess they're one-sided in the Jordan way. I think is it Scott Scotty has come out and said he's angry at his portrayal in it. I, I, I uh, there's quite a few who have come out. I think, and and you know, I guess you can understand it from some of them as well. I'm sure some of them got legitimate points as well. I don't think it takes away from being an incredible documentary no. and the fact that. You know the, the the footage and the access that they get compared to what you would get in today's world, um, and 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 covering not not just a team but but the the greatest one of the greatest sporting franchises of all time in world sports. So you know from that point of view, it's it's iconic. Um, but yeah. Woods 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 and himself come back from you know to to win that major. I mean I don't care whether you love him hate him. Um, watching him come back to win that major last last year was it last year or the year before last? I think it was maybe last the year, year before yeah. maybe the year before um, I think it was 2019 but don't quote me on it um, was unbelievable at Masters just 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 sensational after the, the operations and the tears and that you outside the world top 500 and then to come back and win it oh my goodness crazy beautiful um, yeah so anyway talk, talk some wolves mate talk some wolves yeah come on let's talk yeah. some wolves mate uh, we're getting there now like I said earlier the, the start start of a uh, Start of the podcast. We're starting to look now towards the start of the season. A couple of weeks' time, uh, couldn't be more excited, Joe. And uh, the first kind of new rule has come into uh, has been agreed today, and will will be in in play from that first game of the season, which is is Aston Villa against Sheffield United. Two weeks on on Wednesday, I believe, Joe. Is that right? A week on Wednesday? A week on Wednesday. A week next Wednesday. A week. Yeah. Oh goodness yeah. me! A week on Wednesday. Um, and that's that's five substitutes been allowed in a game, and nine on the bench. What do you think this will? Do you think this is a good decision? Do you think it's a bad one? Do you feel that um, it will help Wolves, hinder Wolves, or or pretty much even out? You know, across the league. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, we were talking, we touched on it last week, and it, it has been implemented by the German league and. I think it. I think it does make sense. 
Um, Wolves, I mean, they can have 20 players on the bench now. Uh, they've only used twenty players all season. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so that that's uh, you know that's that's obviously worth noting. But um, no, I think it do, I think it does help. Um, I think you're in a situation where if you're three 0 up or two 0 three 0 up with ten minutes to go, then just get a few fresh bodies on. Um, just try and save as much legs as you can. I mean, I know Wolves are used to playing uh, twice a week anyway, really. Uh, Sunday, Thursday, or whatever, you, whatever you want to say. But if they've got the Europa League to think about as well, which they will do, we've got to wait to see what happens with that. Still, um, but if you can buy ten minutes even there for the likes of Raúl Jiménez and and uh, Ruben Neves, João Martinho, if you can, if this new rule allows them to get ten minutes rest they wouldn't otherwise have had, yeah, then it's uh, then it's worth his weight in gold, really. Yeah. Um... I mean, Wolves' bench looks pretty strong. I mean, I put a tweet out just maybe, um, you know, kind of predicting what the bench might look like. Um, and the nine that I've gone for, and you can you can maybe just um, you can disagree or agree, Joe, is is from from where we were towards the end of that of cut off for for lockdown uh, would be the nine would be Ruddy, Kilman, Vinagra, Jordao. If Jordan was, you know, fully fit and ready to go, Burr, Gibbs, White, Neto, Podence, and Traore, and, and I think I think probably you can you can swap Traore or Dendonka in depending on whether you see Traore starting, um, which you could quite easily do. And to be honest, for, for, I actually hope he does. I still think I still rather see Wolves starting Traore. Um, you know, if I'm picking my strongest eleven, uh, but I think it'll be that Troy slash Den Duncan. If you remember going back, Joe, to the start of, uh, you know, before this crazy began, it was it was more Traore playing to what in away games and and Den Duncan maybe maybe playing this, the home games because they felt that Jota was was transformed as almost as a as an inside striker, so to speak, helping with Raúl, and and that might might be the same. But can you see those those kind of um, that kind of a similar bench? Yeah, I think I think that's how the bench should be. It it just depends whether you see it as a as a three five two or a three four three. Personally, I'd go with a three four three. Um, I think I remember saying just before that Brighton uh, game, I did the podcast before that game. Obviously, wasn't there because because of getting married and everything. That's um, no excuse. <laughs> um, I remember saying I. I think they should play three four three because it works so well at Spurs. Mm. And if you're looking to break down a team like Brighton, use yes. the use the pace. Um, and and it was I'm, a terrible game. Gary, went, you knew exactly how they were going to come and play, didn't you? And he went three five two, didn't he? Mm-hmm. If I mm-hmm. yeah. So I think three four three is the way to go, particularly against a team like West Ham um, for that first game, uh, who have been defensively frail for. For the whole of the season, the, the way they are in the table for a reason, uh, you get Traore running at Creswell or whoever it's going to be at left back. You get Jota basically playing a bit of a free role, really. It's yeah. a bit, of, it's a lopsided three-four-three, isn't it? If you want to, if you want to call it that, when at that game at Spurs, Jota wasn't exactly hugging the hugging that left-hand touchline. No, um, as where Traore. It, even he came inside at times as well, and even Jimenez was operating from the flanks. It was, it was quite interchangeable, and I, I like that formation personally. Um, I think different games will call for 
then don't give sure. the introduction, especially if you're trying to hold on to a lead. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think three four three have that attacking style, trusting those attackers, and and go that way. I would. Yeah, and and I think I think why I think he will go for three is a lot of it. I think we spoke last week about. I think the, the the gap between top and bottom will be a lot closer for the first two or three games as teams and as players try to find their feet and get back into the way. You, you see that very much at the start of any season. You know what I mean? The first couple of games, you get a few weird results until you get into full gear. And it will take the, the better teams and the better players to go into full gear. And I think when you've got a weapon like Traore, and yes, you can introduce him in the second half and, and really stretch teams. And I think that's what Nuno will do. Horses for courses. But if you're picking your best team, you want someone like Traore, who, if everybody's, you know, trying to find the feet and building the fitness levels, and yet he's 30-40% better better off going down that side and skinning players, you want that kind of person in your team. Especially when you're the ruthless Traore and the, and the, and the Traore that I like, when he, he not only does he cut in or he'll cut inside, but then you've got him coming into that byline, almost towards that near post, and the amount of times we see him just pass it across, Jota tapping, Raul tapping, that's where he's at his best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, couldn't have said it better. It's 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 what it's what Wolves have been built upon, really. You getting getting in those attacking areas and being clever, and and that, and that's that that you, you've got Raul Jimenez obviously scored twenty two goals in in forty four games, but the the work of Traore and, and Jota either side of him or Jota alongside him, obviously, you know, uh, uh, people do do like the three five two, but I think given how well Traore has played, I think he. Where you can, and you've got to you've got to get him in, into that starting lineup. Um, Dendonk is a useful player. I do like him, but for me, if you are picking the strongest team of Wolves, he, he doesn't quite get in it, and uh, Traore does. So three four three, um, and it, you're right about kind of getting at teams, and and basically, I think you've got to go full throttle no matter who the opponent is. I I, I think. Wolves naturally do that anyway, but um, you know teams such as West Ham, strangely for them, playing in front of an empty stadium might actually suit West Ham. Mm. Um, you know, given the the disconnect between the club and the and the fans there, it, it seems at the minute. Um, you know, it only, it's only got to take one goal conceded in an own game usually, and the fans are on their backs or yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so. Team games like that and teams like that may be a bit more troublesome than they would have been. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I, th- I think it's. The, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a and, difficult game. Yeah, definitely. And I think you've got to use all your best players if you if you can if you can use them. I, I don't think there's any point looking ahead to another game. Uh, Nuno, of course, he take every game as it comes, and um, no matter the team, pick your best team if you can. And I think another aspect, which is why I hope he will go for three, and with with, with Traore and Jota on the left, we all know that Jota played a lot better um, himself when he when he was more central. But the fact is, is that when to when they were playing as a three, Wolves were conceding a lot more. But with Vinagra out now and Johnny coming in, so you've got that left hand side, obviously a lot more solid Johnny defensively. I think it will allow Jota to to, to drift in, and you're not too worried about the break. 
and all of a sudden Vinagre, who's, who's going to be a fantastic player and is a really good player himself, but has is definitely more of the attack minding than someone like Johnny. So you've got that cover at the back. You've got someone who's comfortable in play, playing with that back three or back five, depending on which way you want to look at it. And he knows his role, which allows Jota to maybe take that extra extra touch or or go a little bit further forward, knowing that if they do get um, you know intercepted on that ball, that, that it's not. Yeah, obviously they want to get back, but it's not like, goodness me, here we go, we're exposed on that left-hand side, as we saw a couple of times. Yeah, I think so. Johnny certainly adds more stability, as does Willy Bolly as well. Um, you know, you can kind of afford more so to play in midfield too, when you know you've got Willy Bolly behind you. Um, it's, I think there's a, there's a lot more confidence in the side. I, I, I know... In Dendonka did do a good job in defence in retrospect, but it wasn't to the same level as Bolly. And when you've got Bolly in there, you've got Johnny in there. I think you can afford to take more risks going forward and and, and put the onus in, on on those front three to to win your games really. And um, yeah, I, I think Wolves it, it's it's there for them to be honest in in this in this run of nine games that they've got left. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Um, playing behind closed doors and inevitably there's going to be some surprises thrown up along the way. Um, you can see some of the, the relegation threat sides picking up some big wins, um, perhaps. But um, I, I think if you're looking at Wolves, you're looking at the games that they've got ahead, if they choose to be that attacking, uh, fearless wall side that we, we know that they are, um, I think that'll bear fruit. Yeah, um, so so what I want to do, Joe, so, so when the restart happens, and when when the restart happens as well, obviously they're getting these these two games with, with games in hand, uh, Aston Villas and, and your Sheffield United out of the way as well, because even though the start, if there's, there's no guarantee that they'll finish it, and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that if, if there's a second wave and they shut down the season, then, then they want to get everybody on equal games for certain. Um, so that could be a massive game for Villa and Sheffield United, that first game. Uh, next Wednesday, a week on Wednesday. Uh, but what I wanted to discuss with you is, is obviously finishing positions. Uh, let's hope that they get the, the the remaining nine games in and we get to a 38-game season. Where that, what, what position and, and what Wolves will qualify, where will Wolves qualify um, from where they finish in the table? So I'm going to go through a variety of, of positions and you're going to let me know what what that will happen and what will entail after that, whether it's European football, whether it's Champions League football, whether it's no European football, depending on different results and teams. I know it's a bit complicated, and I think probably at some point, Joe, even though you don't like writing, you probably have to to, to put a piece together about it, about what position will will you know what position uh, creates what for the following season. We're going to take Europa League out of it for now because. We don't know what's going on with that. We don't know whether it's going to be all at the end of the season, whether they're going to try and get the, the Olympiacos second leg into it. We know, obviously, that Wolves, if they win it, get Champions League football next year. But if they are losing finalists or semi-finalists, there's no European football. There's no Euro- guaranteed Europa spot, is there? It's just winners get Champions League football. Yeah, so the, yes, the winners of Europa League will get Champions League, but as you yeah. say... We we don't know what's happening with that. No, um, exactly. So let's 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 leave that to one side. Yeah. So so let's start. Okay, uh, Wolves sixth in the table currently twenty nine played twenty nine points forty three. So they are sixth in the table now. I'm taking out the top three, Joe, because I don't think Wolves are going to finish first, second, or third. I think that's fair enough. Leicester are ten points ahead of Wolves. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna 
for argument's sake, take that top three out of it, okay? Yeah. Right. Fourth. If Wolves finish fourth, Joe, what happens? So if Wolves finish fourth, they'll get they'll get Champions League. Um, obviously, a, a, cover, a, a theme that affects all these positions that we're going to go through is uh, Man City's appeal uh, against their, their two-year ban. Um, that's going to be begin on Monday, um, but it won't finish on Monday. It'll it'll carry on for a few days, and then it could even be passed on to another court after that. So don't expect that to be ironed out um, anytime soon. Really, no. I, I thought that could be resolved perhaps sooner, but I think it get escalated and escalated. So but if if Wolves finish fourth, yeah, um, they will get the Champions League. Regardless, um, of, regardless, of, of that appeal. regardless of that appeal. Um, so, so if they get it and say Man, Man City finish second, um, as they're they're they're, they're going to be and are allowed into the competition, then fourth uh, in the Champions League would be in the Champions League, but it would have to be uh, like a, play, a playoff, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a qualifier uh, situation. If City. Uh, if City are banned, then fourth is just an automatic straight into the group stages. Fantastic, right? Uh, so fifth, Joe. Fifth. If, if, if Wolves finish fifth, um, what happens? What what okay. could happen? Okay, City dependence again. So if if Wolves finish fifth and City are thrown out, are thrown out, then then that's then that's Champions League. But then mm-hmm. obviously the fourth spot then. What would be if City are in goes down to goes down to fifth, so then that would be that kind of that qual- that qualifying mm-hmm. playoff situation. Mm-hmm. If City are banned, mm-hmm. if City aren't banned, then it's that first premium place for the for the Europa and uh, straight into the group stages in that. Okay, so straight into the group stages, or or you, or best case scenario would be a, a Champions League playoff to get into the main competition. Qualifier. Yes. Okay, so six. Let's say they, and I think a lot of people still think this that they will finish six. The sixth at the moment, they'll finish six. What would sixth get you, Joe? Right, so sixth. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep, keep up because there's so many, so many variables. I did okay. spring this on Joe about five minutes before we went on air as well, saying this is what I'm going to ask you for. I probably should have um, told you this morning, but it only came into my um, head. Yeah. So sixth, in in a usual situation, the top four, of course, get Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifth. Fifth gets Europa League, mm-hmm. and then sixth and seventh don't automatically get uh, Europa, Europa League places. What mm-hmm. happens is one goes to the FA Cup winner, one goes to the Carabao Cup winner. Yeah, City having already won the Carabao Cup, um, so one of that one of those places goes down, and it goes down uh, to sixth. So mm-hmm. if if you finish sixth, uh, you'll you'll get that. Or if City are banned, then. You'll get you'll get one anyway, I think. So um, and that's straight into the group stage as well. Let's say City are in the are in the Champions League next season. Fifth goes straight into the Europa League group stages. Would sixth go into the Europa League group stage as well? Yeah, it would be. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So regards to the fact you're in you're in the Europa League if you finish sixth. If we yes. finish sixth, they're playing Europa League football next season. Yes. Right. Seventh. <laughs> so seventh. This is of course where Wolves finished last season. Um, so that that would be as long. Um, as a as a as a top six or whatever team wins the FA Cup, then then that goes down to that goes down to seventh. The, they've announced that they're going to try and play at the FA Cup. Um, I think the final has been penciled in for August the first. Yeah, 
August the eighth, maybe the first. Um, so, if if say Chelsea or I can't think of, off the top of my head who's still in the FA Cup, but if one of those top six teams wins the FA Cup, it'll go down to seventh. Um, but then there's a potentiality even if Wolves finished eighth, then then it it'd be enough for Europa League qualification. So again, if City were banned and one of those uh, one of those big clubs won the FA Cup, then what got Wolves in last season by finishing seventh would get them in this season by finishing eighth. Um, I think you don't want to really be in that position eighth and be at the mercy of Man City because that's mm-hmm. going to be uh, a financial and long long standing legal battle. Yeah, if, but if Wolves if Wolves finish seventh or Hopefully, hold on to sixth, um, then they should be fine. So, the, so the teams in the quarterfinals of the of the FA Cup as it stands: Leicester, who you'd have thought are going to be in the top four, probably top three; um, Chelsea, who yeah. again similar; Newcastle would be the would be one of the ones who you don't want to win it; um, Manchester City, uh, Arsenal, um, again that that could be your bogey side there. Still, yeah. uh, because obviously outside of you know of Wolves at the moment, Sheffield United mm, again. Actually, to be fair, if Arsenal, Sheffield United win it, they could finish above Wolves, and that could then it could still go drop down, couldn't it? Sheffield United with that game in hand, Arsenal if they do end up finishing above Wolves in the league, and, and then they win the FA Cup, you've still got a chance, haven't you? Yeah, it's um... Manchester United and Norwich United too. So, so really, your main main, you know, awful dangers against a Newcastle and Norwich. Yeah, I, I think really. I mean, I, I know that the neutral in us would like to see um, an underdog win the FA Cup, but um, I think for all intents and purposes, maybe black, maybe back one of the big boys. To be honest, uh, just just because it makes things a, a lot easier and does open up more more European scope. So, I think Wolves though. As we say, we, we, we've all these games that have got left to play. We've got nine games left to play. The only team above them in the table is Chelsea um, of those games, which is the last game of the season. It's probably going to have something or a lot riding on it for, for both yeah. teams. So um, if Wolves perform as we know that they can in these remaining nine games, they'll be fine. Um, of course, they want, want to be... A European force for for years to come. I mean, and even if they don't, we could find out the Europa League is carrying on, and Wolves could win that. So, of course they could. Of course they could. We're so, just trying to give 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 fans uh, just an idea of what 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 can and can't can't they you know, yeah. achieve from the from league <laughs> qualification. It just it just boggles it's your mind. It's, it's yeah. so many. It, it does seem straightforward, but then you start explaining it, and it's yes. just like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so it is a bit convoluted, but hopefully. I have cleared it up a little bit. Uh, in in summary, <laughs> I'll, I'll do in summary, and you can you can you can pull me up if I'm wrong. So in summary, Joe, fourth is Champions League football. Okay, let's say qualification slash group stages if you get in there. Fourth, Champions League. Fifth could be Champions League or Europa League. Sixth, guaranteed Europa League. Seventh, guaranteed Europa League. Eighth. You could be Europa League, also could be nothing, and ninth and below is nothing. Seventh's not guaranteed. Okay, seventh not guaranteed. Because 
If, Likely, but not guaranteed. Yeah, so so if City are allowed back in, yeah, and then say and Newcastle win the Newcastle FA win the yeah. FA okay, Cup, yeah. then yeah, got you. Okay, and now you basically don't want to finish ninth and below. No, no, no time for that. No time for that. No time for that at all. Um, right, thank you. So should we take some questions, please? Let's yes. Some questions up from the peeps. Uh, here we go. Okay. Got plenty of questions today, actually. I tell you what, Joe. You know, you get you get some people on Twitter, and you get people who are loud and brash and think they know everything. Yeah, that's just me. And um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I thought I thought I might change it around today. I said, why don't you go and ask a try and try and ask a question? Do a, do a do a little video of yourself asking the question. We'll play it on here so you get your voice on the on the podcast. You can have a almost like an interactive phone in. Um, yeah. Without me having to call the person, we did do that once in a while. We used to call the people. It used to be, oh, it used to be a, a rough, a rough wait, um, and those were just the experts. So you know, I don't want to be give people my mobile number. And uh, so I thought, I thought, you know, there'd be five or six people who do a little video. How many, Joe? How many people have have done a little voice video for me to to play on the podcast for a question? I'm gonna guess zero. Zero. Bloody zero. <laughs> Bloody zero. Uh, anyway, so. I'll do my old de- dealio. Where are you? Where are you? Let's be having you. Um, I, I, I told Soph about that the other day. She'd never heard of it, the dealio thing. Oh, classic. And she was cracking up at it. She loved it. I was showing her. She was absolutely smashed. I know. Absolutely off her trolley. Allegedly smashed. Again, don't want to get uh, uh, Allegedly, definitely allegedly. I tell, I tell you, it was smashed on Sunday night. You? I mean smashed. No, my miss it. No. <laughs> well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me rephrase that. Um, um, drunk. She was drunk. Oh, oh, drunk, yeah. Even if I tried to, it would have been bad news. Um, and uh, yes, on, honestly. So we had a barbecue of our barbecue now, and she has a champagne tasting, which, I, which we've, I've said before. But. Honestly, it's a champagne tasting, so she has a normally she gets a bottle of the champagne of the of the week, whichever one they're going to discuss with the house. So this week was um oh, I can't remember for the life of me what it was. It's like a Lawn Perrier, but it wasn't. Oh Perrier du- Duet. You call it duet, you don't call it Jouet apparently, Perrier Duet. And um so she buys it, but she's like, she's got three bottles ahead of her. So why you got three bottles? She's like, well, we're, we're trying the, 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 the main house and we're trying the Brut de Blanc, Brut de Blue or something like that. Brut de Blanc. And then we're trying the, a Blanc de Blanc it was. And then we're trying the Rosé. So I'm like, all right, okay. So I sat with her and I had, a, I had, a, I had half a glass of each. And uh, bear in mind, we'd already gone through a bottle of rosé for the barbecue during the during Sunday afternoon because it was boiling last Sunday, absolutely sweltering. Mm. Of which I'd had I'd had a nice, decent sized glass, maybe a glass and a half of rosé with my with my chicken. And uh, she'd finished the bottle, fine, no problem, all, all good, ticking over nicely. So we'd have a, a little taster of each, and then and then put the bottles back. So so I've got a little taste, very nice. I think it's a one hour kind of like wine tasting together, interactive. So. I do the first ten minutes, have a little bit of a, of each, and I'll go into the room to go and watch a show or whatever. Anyway, I come back an hour later, and she's still at it, and you know the the, the bottles have, have gone down slightly, you know, slightly further than I thought they would do. I thought they'd just be, you know, we've got these stoppers, you can put them back in the fridge. They're still good for a couple of days, but so I go back and watch another show. Come back after watching a horror movie. I think I watched Orphan. Uh, a couple of people recommended that. wasn't bad actually, to be fair. Um, didn't realise it was a true story, which is which I quite like. Anyway, I come back, and uh, she's still there. And she's chatting away to her friends, and 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 two, a bottle, well, one bottle's gone, one bottle's about half gone, and the other bottle's got. Mm, it's probably a couple of glasses in. I'm thinking, I'd be absolutely on the bloody floor if I were you. 
Anyway, she finished all three bottles, long story short. I go to bed at like 11 because I've got to be up for work the next morning. She rolls into bed at quarter to three. Three bottles of champagne and a bottle of rosé. I mean, that's astonishing. Absolutely smashed to pieces. Bloody hell, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that's what happens, I guess, when you're drinking the, the uh, Matt LeBlanc. Well, yeah, with the Matt LeBlanc, <laughs> mate, absolutely. Great year. Um, <laughs> got a story about Matt LeBlanc, but I might, I might, I might, I might say that for another podcast. If I'm, if I haven't already said it, people have to let me know if I've already said it or not. Good, good Matt LeBlanc story. I've got a few little stories, to be fair. In fact, I might even, I might even, I might even unveil a story today, it, unleash one after it's been asked for a few weeks. For a few weeks, we'll see. Oh, uh, okay. The, the um, Matt, Matt LeBlanc hasn't got to do with uh, the. Uh, well-loved casino casino show that no. was a Shannon Channel. No, no, this was, this, was, um, this was me um, meeting Matt LeBlanc um, in an interesting situation in California about eight to nine years ago. Pull okay, me up next week. Pull me up next should, week. Should we, or tease it for next tease week. Tease it, tease it, tease okay. it. Um, Gail Holford asks, uh, <laughs> any new lockdown snacks, boys? Any Me- new lockdown uh, snacks? Many. Oof, um, oof. Too many. Give, give, give um, me, give me your top one. I've got, I've got one. I normally do an hour and a half bike on a, on a Sunday. Try and sweat it out on, on the old peloton, um, and it's, that's a long, that's a, that's a decent, you know, probably riding like 30, 35 miles. It's, I'm knackered. I think you need to get fluids and some food on board as soon as you've got off the bike. So I get a protein shake, and the missus has got me into because she's obviously American, so she loves it, and it is delicious. A lovely PB and J sandwich, peanut butter. Raspberry jam, brown bread, delicious. Mm. Peanut butter jelly time. Or... Peanut butter jelly time, jelly time, jelly time. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I haven't had that. Um, mine these uh, strawberry bonbons. They... Strawberry? Are those are the kind of like, the round ones, like dusty almost? Yeah, yeah. Really? They've been a real weakness. Um, are they soft the then? Of... Are they strange to bite into? Are they quite hard? They're quite hard, but then get like quite nice and chewy and mm-hmm. chewy centre. Oh, delicious. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, I actually saw... Um... Tastes nice? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, tastes lovely. I, well, I, are they, are they like, they're like a pink, aren't they? Like, like yeah, a pink, like a, like a hard pink, pink, dusty, sugary, yeah. pink ball. Delicious aftertaste? Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, beautiful aftertaste. Yeah, I thought you'd like it, yeah. Take yeah. that. Oh, good stuff, mate. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, George, George Brown says, um, have you watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul yet? I haven't watched either. Uh, I watched, like, two series of of um, Breaking Bad, then got a bit bored mm. uh, and never never started it again. Mm. Uh, have you have you watched haven't, it? Haven't dabbled, no. mate. Have not no, dabbled no. on um, that side yet. It's a very very slow burner. I find Breaking okay. Bad. Okay. Um, if you if you're quite patient, I think then the payoff will definitely be worth it. I wasn't patient enough and didn't get to see the payoff. So mm. there you go. Mm. Um. IDJ says, um, will you be able to report on live games behind closed doors? We still don't know for sure. Uh, we're hopeful, aren't we, I think? We're hopeful. We're hopeful. We, we just uh, have, to, have to wait for the guidelines from Wolves and from the Premier League. And, um, you know, we'd love to report on the games. We'd love to be there and, uh, and try, try and guide you guys through with what's going on as best we can. Uh, but obviously we're at the, the mercy of, of the club and the Premier League. So... You know, we'll let you know as soon as we know, um, whether it's on a game by game basis or week to week. We really, we really have not got a clue. 
Um, so yeah, if we're there, then we'll let you know, and if not, then we'll we'll make it as good as we can. If we're not, yes, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we've managed to get still. I, I mean, it does. It is a bit crazy when you think about it that we've managed to get a paper out still every day um, during this. I, I don't want us to kind of oh, look how great we are, but at the same time, it's been like <laughs> it's been a bloody stretch uh, some of the days to try and find. It's been stuff. a stretch reading some of the stories. I'm well, really well, no, yeah. kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, no, I could I could imagine it might have been on <laughs> some days to be honest. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's it's been a bit of a task getting it out, but we've managed to do it somehow. Um, so even if we're not allowed at games, we'll we'll find we'll find a way around it. Yeah, absolutely. We we, we definitely will do that. Um, a few people asking about this ridiculous Raúl Jiménez article oh, in the Sun today. Absolute bilge. Oh my good god! The, I'm gonna the, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it um, because it, it, honestly, like, and I wouldn't I wouldn't call out papers. I know they've got it from somewhere else, but they're still they're still printing it. Um, because it's just so embarrassing that you, you have to laugh. Like it's it's just it's just astonishing how bad it is. Um, here we go. So um, this is uh, Joshua Jones is the is the um, is the writer of this who's put this on there, and it says gossip. I mean, yes. Manchester United's transfer target Raúl Jiménez available for just eighteen million pounds, but Juventus also keen on world striker. Manchester United received a, tra- received a transfer boost with Wolves lowering their asking price for Raul Jimenez to just £18 million, according to sensational reports. The Midlands club face a battle to keep hold of their Mexican number 9 when the transfer market reopens, with plenty of clubs interested. United understood to be one of those sides, but they face competition from the likes of Juventus and possibly Real Madrid. Um, according to Tuto Juve, uh, Wolves could allegedly ask for as little as £18 million for the striker. That is despite the club having paid a record £32 million for him um, after his loan from Benfica was made permanent last summer. Jimenez scored 39 goals from all in you in 88 appearances with 22 coming this term. Ah, mean. Ah, it's just absolute shite. Yeah. Honestly. Geez, just, I mean, I'd be embarrassed to put that on my site. Embarrassed to put that on my site. In, in, in whenever I mean when do we, he signed a contract until 2023 aren't he so he signed a new contract no, he, signed a, he signed a contract he's paid £32 million he's your number one striker you haven't got another striker I tell you what I tell you what guys let's take a £14 million loss on him and sell as quick as we can Ugh. that's unbelievable Tuto Juve are absolutely full of shit yeah absolute <laughs> They are complete jokers. Honestly, though, it, it does get me tired. Look, because often stories like this will be top of the Wolves news now page, yeah, and yeah. Pe- people will read it, and I'll even have like my brother asking me, "Oh, we've been linked to so and so on this. Any, any truth in that?" And it's all ninety-five, well, ninety-nine percent of it is just complete. Let me, let me just let me just see if um, if someone close to Holmes has got it on their website. I'm just joking. Go on. He's complete and utter. Tripe, um, Tuto oh, yeah, yeah, Juve. They, yeah, they have. So yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, Tuto Juve um, uh, uh, also uh, an outlet which claimed the other day that um, Wolves were considering a swap deal uh, involving Jimenez and Higuain. Um, so this is um, twenty-two goal striker uh, Raúl Jimenez in the, at the peak of his powers. Uh, for Higuain, who, who has to turn, make an eight-point eight turn to go three sixty, <laughs> who is considerably past his best, and 
bombed massively at Chelsea. But yeah, yeah, swap deal all day long. Um, 32-year-old for a, a 28-year-old in his uh, in his best state. Um, yeah, Tuta Juve, absolutely full of full of absolute rubbish. Um, and sites that you know we, you won't see us picking picking that up because it just doesn't deserve uh, doesn't deserve detraction, doesn't deserve uh, reading because it's just all made up rubbish, and um, it, it is annoying really because um, you know you want you want to do your best to to get accurate stories out there. You know everything we do is in good faith. And it's it's based on you know information that is reliable, and and we'll get there. Whatever we put out there is 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 being put out there with the expectation that it's going to come to light, or there's a very good possibility that it will. Um, and then you've just got these sites just picking and plucking a name from an art a figure it's almost like you know them things on twitter you see uh what day were you born on so you're this player and you're this price and you go into this club you know it's it, it's just that they're just they're just choosing a name every day walls are an easy club to link players with these days because they're a club with ambition that want to try and bridge the gap if they can and it's just like oh yeah we'll just link this guy uh oh but but then they'll lose their best player for 18 million quid it's just complete rubbish and uh, you know, if you can do me a favour, just don't give it the time of day because it's absolute bollocks. Absolute <laughs> bollocks. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, we are wolves. Says uh, if you had to sell one out of how Jimenez, Adama, and Jota, who would it be? This is where oh. you say, oh, it'd be, it'd be him. <laughs> Jimenez for eighteen million. <laughs> I'll um. My 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 take on this. I've got a question though. If you had to sell one of Jimenez, Adama, and Jota, who would it be? And look, you know, we we. This this could happen in the summer. It could happen next summer. You know, at some point, Wolves will have to sell one of the big stars because that's just the nature of the beast. You can't just hold on to everybody forever. I mean, it's just the way the world works. I'm sure if you get an offer too good, um, they talked about you know Adama Traore with 183 million or whatever it was, oh, 118 million. I mean, yeah. it would drive them there. So you know, of course, everybody's got a price. Um, let's hope that they don't sell any of these three. I don't think they will sell any of these three. Um, however, the one that I definitely wouldn't sell out those three, and you might you might disagree with me, would be Jota. I think Jota's um, made for the Premier League. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I know he's had you know d- some difficult periods this season, but he's also for me one of, one of the best and still my favourite player. I think he's absolutely superb, and his age as well um, is absolutely. It's, it's just he's just got everything about him, and the fact that he's quick. He's got that ruthless, he'll get back up, he'll have a kick at you as well. Okay, so he can be a little bit frustrated and edgy at times, but you need that in a player. Um, Portugal international, knows where the back of the net is. Um, team player, loves an assist as well. For me, he'd be he'd be number one person to keep. Um, so basically, between a, for me, be between Adama a and Jimenez, and that would probably come down to, one, the transfer fee. So if you're getting 80, 90 million for for Adama, we know that you're not going to get that for Jimenez, mainly because of his age. You know, he's probably more in the 40, 50, well, probably 50, 50 plus million, million pound bracket, I would have thought, whereas Adama with his age. Um, so I think it'll be really on the transfer fee. And also I think with with with, with Adama, you've got the shoulder that's a bit of a, a negative. You still don't know, you know, how he's going to recover from that. And then Jimenez, you've just got the, the fact that each year that he plays, you know, when you're going into the best years of Australia, because you, you've got your head and you use it mentally as well, which is great. And you've still got it at your feet. You've still got the pace. 28, 29, 30 is your best years as a striker, I think. Um, but as soon as you go past that 30, 
you know, your values coming down. So it's whether you cash in or, you know, now or next season when he's going to be at his height of his of the money that he's going to be worth. Or you just say, right, well, if you go over that one season or two seasons, you're going to keep him. I would probably say a dammer. Um, but um, I could understand Jimenez too. I'm also rambling on a lot. So uh, I'll let you speak, Joe. I, I wouldn't want to sell any of them. But if I had to sell one, it would be it would be Traore, yeah. Um, just because I think he'd fetch the highest highest sum at the free, and you, I think it, it, it ultimately, for me anyway, being a, be, being a bit traditional in that sense, you judge uh, an attacker, an attacking player by the goals that he scores. Um, Adama is the top assist maker uh, for for Wolves this season, um, but Jota's got fifteen goals. Jimenez has got twenty-two. I think Adama has got six. I want to say across all competitions, which is still a good return. Yeah. Um, but I think you know you're looking at um, Pedro Neto. I think he's a, he, he's not far off that, especially not if if he won that those goals are chalked off. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think a Pedro Neto could be a ten plus goal a season player in in a year or two. Uh, so. Yeah, if I if I had to sell one, because I think you could get towards one hundred million for Adama Traore, which is which is incredible. But I think you could, even in this uh, you know post pandemic world, I think you're still looking at a, at least eighty million um, if somebody really really wants him. So um, it would be Adama. Ideally, Wolves will keep hold of all three uh, for for another year, and then we'll see what happens. Great stuff. Um. Question from CRK Wolves. Opinions on Nuneaton one, Middlesbrough one in the 2006 FA Cup. I was at this game. Uh, so it, made me, it, did, it did make me smile when I read it. I, is it, I, is it, I mean, it wasn't great. It's not is a great it? result for us. Uh, won the replay, but uh, um, yeah, 90th minute um, Murphy penalty got got an equaliser for Nuneaton, which wasn't great. Um, Liberty Way or... Side was that the one that you went to, or did you go to both? Oh, I went to both, mate. Went to oh, both. Bloody hell. Oh yeah, I went to both, pal. Back in the day, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it was Gareth Southgate. I think uh, miscued miscued a clearance and it hit his arm penalty anyway. So, but um, yeah, but I look, I looked, at, I tried to look at the teams those days. This is the team. This is the team that went to Neaton and got a draw. Uh, these are the players. Brad Jones of of, of um, who went to Liverpool actually afterwards. Stuart Parnaby, yeah. Gareth Southgate, Emmanuel Pogatetz, James Morrison, Deriva, Lee Catamol, Geiska Mendieta, Yakubu, Mark Viduka, Mark Schwarzer, Massimo Macaroni. Good God. Gone to the needs and got one one draw. Made me a little bit depressed, I'll be honest. Oh god. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great day, mate. It wasn't a great day. But hey ho, you know, we did okay. We did okay after that. Um, let's have a look Comeback Kings uh, emailing from Chris from Bangkok says good question Chris given that Wolves have done very well coming back to win games from losing positions are you concerned that this will pose a problem given they will no longer have the fans behind them to spur on a comeback that's a good question it's a good question it is a good question Um, yeah they they do need to eliminate that knack if if there's there's hopefully if a new trend starts um, you know, there is going to be new trends and hopefully one one of those will be Wolves stop conceding first. Um, but if they do, I think Wolves are set up, even though Molyneux is a big factor, I think they are set up well 
uh, for games behind closed doors. Okay. Uh, I just think these players have... Uh, I've mentioned it before, but they've experienced a lot of different atmospheres this season. They've gone all across the globe. Uh, they've had a you know quick recovery times you know between between games. They know the system inside and out, whether it's three four three or three five two. Uh, I just think there's a lot of things going into it that suggest that they should be able to deal with behind closed doors. Um, they they have one game under the belt of it. I know it's only one game, but it's a, it's it's one more game than a lot of other teams uh, have had uh, of behind closed doors. So um, yeah, I, I think they they have an element of knowing what they're getting into, and uh, you know these players. Yes, they they do feed off the the Molyneux crowd, and you have you have got the likes of Jota who are perhaps a bit more confidence players feed off that energy. Um, but if you you've got the likes of Giammatinho and Rui Patricio and Connor Cody. I mean, I think these leaders now will really step up to the fore. And I think Wolves have got enough of them in the camp um, to, to kind of step up to the test. Uh, they're not the oldest team. They're not the youngest team either. I think they've just got that nice blend of youth and experience. If there's some that need a shoulder to lean on, need a bit of guidance, I think it's there for them. Nice blend of youth and experience, like Edwards and Judah. Hey! <laughs> uh, talking about youth and experience, um, um, Amar's music show asks about um, questionable lasses, and he's been asking me about this after this the Spears comment uh, a few a few weeks ago now. So I said I will give you a little story. So I'll give you a little story. I'm not sure, harsh of saying questionable lass, but I guess so. This is back in the Middlesbrough days, mate. Okay, so sit back. Get, get. Get a cup of tea, okay, here we go. So back in the Middlesbrough days, and for people who don't know, I used to work for the club um, as, a, as a web journalist and then Borough TV presenter um, back in the day. And uh, I was there for six, five or six years? Five or six years, I think. So my during a match day, I used to we used to have a little box in the middle, uh, kind of like centre center circle. So I used to watch the game from there, then go down about 10 minutes before the end of the game, ready to do interviews with the players and... And, and so forth, and, and kind of just do similar to, I guess, similar-ish to do than what I do on a match day here. And with all these boxes, you have all these executive boxes, and you have the um, the waiters and waitresses there as well. You know, and some of them, you know, are very very friendly people. And there was one of the um, one of the, the one of the, the young ladies at the time who was working there. I need to phrase this very uh, very carefully. Um, who was a big Manchester United fan, so. You know, people kind of knew that I was you know, going down and doing the media stuff and see some of the stuff that I do. And so she comes up to me, a good-looking girl, and she says, "Oh, do you mind if um, any chance you might be able to get like me a program one time from from the Manchester United game, or just just pass it to me?" I'm like, you know, oh, single at a time, obviously. Of course, of course, yeah, no problem, no problem. So um, so I'll go down, get the program, get it signed by a couple of players. I think Rooney signed it, a couple of other people. You know, here you go. Give her the program. Um, obviously, suave, sophisticated, and uh, and cheeky me. Put put my mobile number on the uh, on on the front of it as you do. So you're probably going to frame it. It's probably burnt now, to be fair. So I get them. See if you get a text. See if you get a little bit of a, a cheeky text on the night. Of course, the text comes. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're going to text my number. Anyway, so we, we, end up, we, end up dating, we end up dating for about uh, a little bit after that. So we went on a couple of dates and uh, nice girl, really lovely girl. Um, I think her name was Nicole actually. Really lovely girl. And it was a birthday coming up. We'd been dating for about, I'm going to say not long, two months, I think. And it's at a party downtown. She's hired a club out. 
um, downstairs all the friends and all, 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 all the people she was at college with or whatever. So me and my friend, we, we get there fashionably late, as you do. Um, walk in and all the friends there. We're having a few drinks and a few shots. Bear in mind, she's younger than me. She's a decent amount younger than me. She's probably a good five years younger than me at this point, at this stage. Which is fair, fair enough, no problem. And uh, so we have a few drinks, have a few shots, and uh, having a bit of a dance. And then she says, oh, do you want to come upstairs? I'm like, oh, hi, hi, here we go, here we go. <laughs> she's, she's like, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I'll come upstairs. Yeah, I'll come upstairs, of course, yeah. She goes, oh, right. So I said, what's upstairs then? Thinking she's like, oh, it's just a bit quiet time or whatever, or, you know, just need to get out of this crazy. There's like 60 of her best, closest friends there. She's like, oh, no, my, my family are upstairs. Oh, oh, oh you kidding me. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? It's like, oh yeah, I want, I want you to meet all my family. Now, I didn't know that she's, that she's half Irish at this point. And I mean, I walked upstairs hand in hand with her. And there were 30 to 40, another bar upstairs, I had no idea. No idea. 30 <laughs> to 40 of her family. There was mum, there was dad, there was stepdad, there were cousins, there were aunties, there were uncles, there was granddad, and every one of them, Every one of them, as soon as I walked up the stairs, boom, eyes on me. Oh, so this is the guy who's dating our lovely Nicole. You know what I mean? I just looked, oh my oh, God. God. Mate, it was like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and they're just the evils on me. You know, our lovely daughter. And I was like, oh God, they don't even know me. I mean, fair play, you know, they were quite right in what they were thinking. But at the same time, oh mate, I was, and I mean, people have, people have seen pictures of me. I was pitting. I was pitting. I was. I was very, very nervous. We were up there a long time, so uh, yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, ended up not working out. <laughs> long story short, and, uh, the family scared you off, and now she's a copper, which is brilliant. Oh, oh. So uh, there you go. There you go. So anyway, that was my. Uh, that was a mini story for you. So anyway, I, I, I left out a few things in that story, but I can't. I can't. Yes, I can't say that. it's probably best. I thought it was quite good there, though. I thought you, had, I thought you were a little bit of an insight. Anyway. Um, Next question. Next question. Let's finish off these questions. Unless you've got, have you got a couple of questions, Joe? I've got you a okay? couple. Got a couple yeah, of good let, ones. Yeah, let, let's fly through. You go through a few quick ones then. Okay. Oh, if I can get them up. Oh, pressure, pressure. To be fair, you've only had fifty-five minutes to get them up. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, King Wolf says, "Can you give a shout out to the Wolves women for the for the, all the money they've raised for Compton?" Yes. So, amazing yes, effort. Definitely. Um. I think it was four. Four thousand odd pound that yeah. they've raised yeah. for that virtual challenge. It was Compton to Compton, so it was like the collective distance from Compton in Wolverhampton to Compton, California. Mm-hmm. The the walked, cycled, rode, whatever they did from home and all collected it together. Some like a five thousand mile overall distance. Uh, so yeah, incredible, incredible uh, efforts, uh, especially from you know a, a group of group of ladies that had their season ended. Uh, prematurely when they would have gone up uh, the season got voided yeah um but the, the youth the youth team helping out in the development squad so that that's that was lovely so yeah d- d- definitely worth a shout out um king wolf also asks um ignoring the players stadium what improvements would you like to see the club make eg a dedicated academy slash women's stadium um i think in the short term what they would like to do is get a proper under 20 feet Freeze facility, um, whether that is by improving uh, the the facilities at Compton, there, there is a floodlit picture at Compton, but there's no real kind of seating or stuff like that. Um, 
Telford hasn't really been up to scratch over the course of the past season. A uh, lot of problems with the pitch. And I think the club could do with improving that. Perhaps, yeah, if they did have a dedicated academy within women's stadium, that would be superb. I don't know how viable that is in the next few years. But um, some way to go about improving those facilities. So I think the women's stadium at Castlecroft is fine, to be fair, it, for, for what it is. Decent pitch, bit of a stand. You know, I think it seats about three or four hundred, so that's fine. But um, yeah, maybe something to, to for the twenty threes because I think I think they could do with something because the club do treat it quite seriously. Excellent. Uh, uh, and Paul Mansell just saying uh, we're talking about the Connor Cody role. Do we know of any other players that have had <laughs> that have had, had a position? Specifically named after them, he says he can only think of of, of Macaulay and Burkamp. Were there were there any at Middlesbrough that had, uh, you know, what one named after him at all or a position? Yeah, like you know the. the no, th- you just knew if Robbie Stockdale was playing that we we're going to get beat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that, that that that's about it for me, really. Apart from wondering, low, and they're asking, why did Walls do the big matches with players phoning in when they had lower viewers than the match replays with the Signal One Hundred Seven commentary? Doesn't that show that people want the commentary, not the players talking over the game? Uh, I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, great one to finish on there, Joe. I love that. Yeah, there you go. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, here we go. Let's last couple of questions. Tom Davis says, with the stadium expansion happening in a different way now, what do you think the capacity can get to with all these small improvements over the next few years? I mean, the club, the club are believing that 50k is, is still the kind of overall target. I think in the next few years, it will inch more towards 40. Um, with this new temporary stand, you get into 32, just over 32. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was ten thousand on a waiting list, wasn't a season ticket wise. So you want to, you want to cater for them over the next couple of years and get towards more forty thousand. And then I think if the sustained success after that, then getting it towards that fifty k, um, maybe that's the way of thinking. Um, but I think in the next few years we'll see perhaps increase over thirty five more towards forty, um, fifty years. I mean, 50, 50K is, is, is probably still a fair few fewer years away yet. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, last question then, Joe, is from Mark Maluski. Sorry, I don't know if I've um, said that wrong. I think Mark Maluski says, Maluski. I guess the question that I'm really interested in is when do you think you would feel comfortable at a packed Molyneux? God. Good question again. Very when would question. you feel comfortable? I think it'll be a year. Um, yeah, I think it'll probably be a year. I don't know if you can do a full ground until there's a vaccine or if there's going to mm-hmm. be a vaccine. Will there ever be a vaccine? Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, think but if it, it, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. I think I would feel comfortable if Wolves... I trust Wolves and I trust I trust the league. I think you've got to go with it. That um, if they, When they allow fans back into the stadiums, a full house... Then I'll be comfortable because I think that, that, that every precaution will be taken yes. to make sure that it's safe for people to come in. There's no way that that the government and the nation would risk that happening again um, if they weren't 100% confident. I do think we'll see fans 
a few thousand fans hopefully yes. to start next season and they're going to have to do that and I don't know that's up to other people to decide but I think there will be fans let into the stadium hopefully unless there's a second wave and this all breaks down and they've got to start from, from scratch again and maybe rebuild I'm hopeful that there will be some fans in there however little that may be it'll make a massive difference because once we've watched the first couple of games and it's great maybe a novelty value it will become almost not depressing it'll still be enjoyable watching Wolves games but it'll be like god I just want to be there now so and, and the players will want that any kind of noise will, will, will be helpful so I'm hopeful that we'll get some in at Molyneux for next season and then like you say Joe a year into it it's probably when I'll be comfortable and probably when there, there will be a, we'll see a full Molyneux again and goodness me can you remember can you can you imagine what that atmosphere will be like when everybody's oh, back in amazing. that first game back oh unbelievable amazing yeah, I think it'd be the best part of the year. But yeah, incrementally, I think there'll, there'll be there'll be something. But um, before this year is over anyway. But um, yeah, full house, probably another year yet. Great stuff, Joe. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that little potty. Another hour and six minutes. Um, I must admit, things are starting to to take shape now. And sooner rather than later, we're going to have a lot of games to talk to in a short space of time. So we're not going to be short on material. But I do want to say thank you to... You know, the people in the last 10 weeks who are, who are still listening, and there's plenty of you, you know, three, nearly 3,000 of you last week, or 3,000 in most weeks, four, sometimes 4,000, 5,000 yeah. for an episode. But for you guys, and I know especially when a lot of people listen on while, while they're driving and stuff, and you haven't been driving, so the fact that, that you know, 2,900 2, of you, 3,200 of you were listening each week, um, for, you know, while we haven't had any football, is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, you guys obviously... You know, very special to us, um, the, the podcast group, and you guys know exactly who you are. So, so thank you for that. And yeah. um, hopefully, we haven't been rambling on too much over the last ten weeks. And if we have, we might be talking less about Netflix and more about some some points. Would be nice, Joe, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd, and just on that front, just quickly, I just want to. Yeah, I've I've been really taken aback by how many of you have, have, have carried on listening. Um, you know, when I know we do ramble on sometimes, but. Um, it really is appreciated. I know it's, it all sounds a bit cliche and stuff like that, but no. um, to think that still, you know, two two and a half thousand plus have been tuning in pretty much every week, you know, to listen to what we have to say about wolves, especially when there's now football on, is is mind blowing, really. And, it, it, and we are really thankful for it. And um, you know, it, it does really um, make us make us really happy that we have continued to do it um, through this lockdown because. You know, we could have just said, "All oh, right, we'll just wait till the football comes back." But you know, hopefully, it's provided a little bit of respite, and uh, you know, we certainly appreciate you all giving giving an hour of your day, an hour of your week uh, to to listen to us. Yeah, it's one of my well, it's probably it is my favourite highlight of the week to do it for you guys. And yeah. I'm sure, Joe, it's up there for you. So, so thank you, and uh, please leave comments, leave reviews, uh, good or bad, we don't mind. I'm happy to get abuse of the week started again as well. We have to fill a segment <laughs> sooner rather than later. So. Uh, thank you to everyone. Thanks for enjoying. Thanks for thanks for listening to us. Um, as ever, from me, from Joe. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye bye.